Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. This is the last edition of the year. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I'm not joined by any co-hosts because obviously it is the holidays, and I hope everybody's had some good holidays so far and you have New Year's to look forward to. I hope everyone's bowl games are going as well as you'd hoped. With all of that said, I thought we would today take this opportunity to look back at a year's worth of Above the Law stories, in particular looking at the top 10 stories, at least decided by you, the readers of Above the Law, through your traffic, to see what really happened, what the main storylines were as far as the Above the Law audience interest. So with that said, I thought I would take a quick aside before we get going and say that today's episode is brought to you by your tarantula, who's very upset and thinking of sneaking away in a way that will really freak you out, all because you're still at the office slogging through an endless doc review project. Make better decisions, keep your pet, and work smarter with Logical, e-discovery software that gets you started in minutes. And it's web-based. That was a little strained, but that's what we have to go with here. Create your free account today at logical.com forward slash ATL. That's logic with a K, C-U-L-L dot com forward slash ATL. All right. With all that taken care of, let's talk about big stories of the year. The number 10 story of the year on Above the Law dates back to the early parts of the year when we learned that Kim Kardashian plans to become a lawyer and will take the bar exam in 2022. At least that's the plan. What people may not understand about California, given that she has never graduated from college, much less law school, how would she become a lawyer in 2022. And what we learned in this story is that she is taking advantage of a California program that allows her to apprentice with real lawyers. And through her work with them and her studies with them, she can prepare herself to take what is called the baby bar, which is a shorter version of the bar exam that kind of pre-screens these individuals who don't go to accredited law schools for the opportunity to take the actual California bar down the road. So this timeline of her getting done in 2022 uh, is ambitious. Uh, As far as we know, she has not taken the baby bar, which would suggest she might not be on course for this 2022 mission. But that is the number 10 story, suggesting that ATL readers, unfortunately, just like America's television viewers. The number nine story that we had this year uh, brings us to a person who will become a recurring theme of our top 10 stories. It's Brett Kavanaugh. And this story was titled, Oh Great, Brett Kavanaugh is Becoming Even More of an Originalist. This was a quote that Kavanaugh threw out there about uh, his originalist worldview. And it was one of those post, uh, how do I put this? Uh, This was one of those post-confirmation oh no, what have we done situations where he 
is being discussed in an article in Slate about some of the decisions that Brett Kavanaugh had released towards the end of his time on the D.C. Circuit and his overwhelming disregard for legal precedent. This is something that is of some concern to people who were monitoring the Kavanaugh appointment because especially coming off of the Janus decision, which was where Gorsuch and Alito, at Alito's suggestion, basically eviscerated 40 years' worth of precedent. The argument had always been for those moderates who supported people like Gorsuch and and Alito also, but more recently Kavanaugh, that no, no, they really understand precedent, so there's no real threat here. Uh, this was a suggestion that they do not, and that their vision of originalism is basically nothing that's come before matters to them. So that reached the number nine slot. The number eight slot for the year was, can all lawyers just admit the wall will never be built because of the Fifth Amendment? This is one of those articles that brings us back to a little-known trivia fact that those astute listeners to this show and readers of Above the Law may know, which is that Ellie is massively obsessed with the takings clause. He is one of those folks who just believes that people losing their property to the government is the worst possible thing that could happen. It's one more reminder that but for how awful things are here— he would absolutely be a dude with a gun telling you to get off his property. In any event, this article tracks how the efforts to build the quote-unquote wall are going to run into something of a wall when they start trying to take land from ranchers in Texas, which is going to be required because where else would you build a wall but private ranch land? So that came in at the eight slot. The seven slot is another big story of the year. This was co-chair of big law firm charged in college admissions scandal. Gordon Kaplan, who at the time was chairing the Wilkie Farr firm, was one of those names that happened to show up in the middle of the Varsity Blues scandal. This was the scandal where rich people were doing all sorts of unsavory things, up to and including pretending their kids played sports or having fake notes to allow their students to have extra time on tests to straight up having other people take tests for them. Gordon Kaplan had worked with a one of the principals in this case to get some extensions of time for his daughter to take the test in the hopes that she would go to a better school than perhaps she could have gotten into otherwise. Or maybe she could have. It's, this is the whole problem. People spend a bunch of money to cheat the system without knowing whether or not it mattered. Kaplan has since, of course, left Wilkie Farr and has been sentenced. There's some conversations about whether or not he will lose his license over this. The number six story uh, is actually more of a shout-out to another organization. This story was the Brett Kavanaugh Valentine's Day card is so wrong but so funny. And as that sounds really awful, uh, it is. But it is an... This was the first of many forays, actually maybe not the first, but one of many forays that the website Above Law has done in conjunction with the Facebook group Law School Memes for Edgy T14s, which is a group of mostly law students and some maybe young lawyers who are kind of playing around in the law student world, who go on Facebook and make memes about the legal industry and put them up, and they are a really funny group that we've had the pleasure of kind of informally 
working with in that we contribute some stuff to that site and we are big fans of what they do and we sometimes post some of the best entries from that website, one of which was a Brett Kavanaugh Valentine's Day card that was, as the title suggests, wrong but funny. And that story managed to make it to the number six most read story of the year. So so this is a thank you because this was somewhat joint authored by the good people at Law School Memes for Edgy T14s. The number five story is a perennial story. I think almost every year of the last several, this story has managed to make it into the top 10. Uh, just different versions, same story, different day. Stop posting this Facebook privacy notice. Your pseudo-legalese means nothing. Those of you who've ever spent any time on networks like Facebook know that every now and again, someone is going to show up post a thing that says, please repost this or else Facebook will take over your life and steal all your identity or whatever. This is, and it cuts across, I've also seen this on Instagram, it's a long-running trope of messing with people who use these social media outlets, and this stupid meme that gets sent around is something that we decided to take aim at, and we did, and that informative post to teach people how they should address the notice that they get every time it pops into their inbox, probably from an older relative, managed to make it to number five. Number four is another perennial appearance on this list. The leaked 2020 U.S. News Law School rankings are here. Every year, or most years anyway, we receive through little birdies advance notice of what the U.S. News and World Report law school rankings will be. And we put them up, which gives the world, in particular the law, the pre-law community and the law school community who's after bragging rights, an opportunity to see where they're going to fall in the new U.S. News rankings. This year, we're not all that exciting as the T14 remains mostly the T14. There were previous years where a school fell out of that list and it was a much more exciting year. But this, once again, proves that those of you out there reading above the law are very interested in where your law schools are ranked. And we're here to give it to you before the US News World Report put it up. The third highest rated story of the year Donald Trump's presidency is legally over, pending Mitch McConnell's acknowledgement of his constitutional duties. As you might imagine, this is an Ellie story, and it is a story about how impeachment operates. And unfortunately, it probably has not stood the test of time, at least to the extent that, as we discussed on our most recent episode before this, there's some argument that that's not how impeachment has to work, and that Mitch McConnell may not even have the opportunity to rule on the impeachment articles that were just passed. But nonetheless, this was an article that saw into the future when it was written and suggested that impeachment was going to happen and that, uh, you know, it was up to McConnell to finish it. So that was number three. Number two was small law firm lawyer tells big law team to eat a bowl of dicks during settlement negotiations. I'm frankly shocked that this was not the number one story of the year. However, it was something of a recency problem as this story came out relatively soon. And there's a chance that with a couple more weeks of the year, it could have been number one. This story involved a small law firm who was representing some plaintiffs suing Allstate. 
who told the big law firm representing the insurer that they should uh, do some stuff. In this case, eat a bowl of dicks was one of the nicer things that they were informed that they should do to themselves. As it turns out, this was a bigger deal when the big law firm cataloged all of the various sundry profanities thrown their direction and put it in front of the judge asking for some sanctions. The follow-up on this story was that the judge was not too pleased and has argued that the attorney should resign from the profession, which the attorney is refusing to do. But it's safe to say that this is going to cost that attorney quite a bit of money and possibly a license down the road. The number one story of the year was back to the same person who kicked off the entire year's list with us, and that is Brett Kavanaugh. In this case, it was Brett Kavanaugh's chickens have come home to roost. This was a story about Susan Collins, as it turns out, rather than Kavanaugh exactly. It was a quote of Susan Collins lamenting the way in which supporting Kavanaugh seems to have hurt her electoral standing in Maine, a state that she once thought there was no hope of her ever losing. So Susan Collins has spent years trying to cultivate an image of being moderate. She chose to break with that image in ways that fellow moderates, Republicans like Lisa Murkowski did not, and support Brett Kavanaugh. And she has since learned that her primary opponent, or her most likely opponent, I shall say, not a primary opponent, her most likely opponent on the Democratic side in the, her coming election will have cash to the gills and a pedigree of having been elected to major office in the state already. And she, Collins, has started to think that maybe she made a mistake. Not that she would say it quite outright, but she does say in this quote, have I lost votes over this? I mean, I think yes, I have. And that's certainly not a place where she would like to be. So with all of that said, that is the top 10 stories of the year on Above the Law. You can check all of them out. We have links to them in a post that will be up outlining the top 10 stories. If you want to go back and revisit some of the fun of the year, we're all here at Above the Law looking forward to another year of mayhem in the legal profession, and we hope you all are too. With that said... Have a happy new year, and, you know, we will talk to you on the other side. Happy 2020. Oh, yes. And at that point, we do the things that we usually do. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. Give it reviews. Follow us on Above the Law, reading Above the Law. You should follow Above the Law on Twitter, too. That's at ATL blog. You should follow me at Joseph Patrice. Go ahead and follow Ellie. He's at L-E-N-Y-C. You should listen to all the shows of the Legal Talk Network, as well as the Jabot that Catherine Rubino does. And you should check out Logical. And with all that said, now we'll go ahead and say, happy 2020. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.